You're listening to the Nachum Siegel Network, and uh, this time each and every Tuesday, it's the OU Jewish Reaction Program, following JM in the AM. And uh, today we get a, an opportunity to take a very close look at NCSY and some of the people that really make it run and do so many unique things. A lot of things we don't even know about that are going on on a regular basis. Uh, among those people, Rabbi David Bashevkin. Rabbi David Bashevkin is Director of Education for NCSY. I have uh, read up a little bit about him. He's been involved in uh, some very interesting uh, presentations. I'll try to ask him some about some of those uh, over the last couple of years, actually. Uh, they have a Yarche Kala coming up, which is always of note. It is a uh, an event that, uh, in in my estimation, it completely defies the odds of <laughs> not public school kids that want to spend their free time in Torah study, which is pretty amazing. And we have other items to discuss regarding the area of education as uh um, as it applies to our youth, and in this case specifically NCSY. Rabbi David Bashevkin, Director of Education, welcome to the Nahum Siegel Network. Thanks so much for having me. It really means a lot. I appreciate Great to be back. I appreciate that, and thank you for joining me. And I want to go back a little while, if you don't mind. Please. <laughs> I found an article from three years ago about an event that you uh, that you where you were presenting. Uh oh. And one of your topics was. What are Lady Gaga and Justin Bieber teaching our children? The good news and the bad news. And I was wondering, can you, <laughs> can you tell us what the good news is? <laughs> oh, wow, that's from so many years ago. I mean, thank God Lady Gaga has grown quite a bit over the last three years. Justin Bieber has not been as fortunate. He's had a tough three years. Um, well, do you remember, do you remember what positive points you were bringing out in that presentation? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, I think in general, what what you're seeing is a uh, is a shift, not just with teens, but with young adults, and frankly, adults. We don't have to just blame the teenagers and young adults on this. Um, is a uh, is an emphasis on uh, self expression, individuality. Um, I think that people are looking more and more towards social media. Uh, not just not just for uh, connecting with other people, which is really how it first started, right. but really for their inspiration and their values. And I think that there's something really positive. If you were to go through and look at what were, again, this was three years ago, so I don't want to be beholden to what's, whatever's happened in the last three years, but if you would look at what are the things that people are drawn to the most online, I think uh, a lot of it is a bad rap, especially on Facebook and Twitter. The things that are really drawing people the most are things that are inspiring people, that are giving people meaning, uh, and that they find are values that they can really inform in their lives. And that's something that celebrities have embraced, and I think that's really a positive development in some ways. Interesting, because the whole world of celebrity you know, seems to be such a negative or have such a negative effect on us and our kids, but you're saying that because there's what? There's, there's a passion uh, behind what so many celebrities do? Yeah, I think they're an easy target. You know, I think, uh, look, I, I don't want a, a rabbi or educators who, who uh, spend time reminding teens, you know, not to worship celebrities. I wouldn't tell them to stop reminding them, but, right. but I think that we need to have a parallel track uh, where we remind teens, you know, pop culture is so pervasive. Um, we need to be able to kind of allow some sense of optimism to understand not everything that's happening in the world is is really uh, going to destroy it. There are some positive developments, even in the world of kind of pop culture and celebrity, that I think are worth paying attention to. So is it sort of like, you know, always find the good in things? Like, we know that this general topic or general category is either negative or ha has negative connotations or could be damaging, but there is some positive that must be drawn from it. 
Absolutely. I mean, I'm I'm a hopeless optimist. It's uh, it's my training. It's my background. So it could be, uh, you know, some might call me a little too hopeless, not enough optimist. But I uh, I I do look at at these sorts of developments and try to figure out. And so much of what making Torah and education come alive in NCSY and the OU is trying to find meaning and education and relevance, even in areas and developments which may not be uh, typically associated with Torah growth. Rabbi David Bashevkin is with us, Director of Education, NCSY, OU. Um, am, I, am I being too dramatic when I say that it is hard to believe that public school youth would take what is essentially one of their only weeks of vacation during the school year and spend it <laughs> surrounded by and immersed in Torah study? At first glance, it sounds crazy, but I think uh, the centerpiece of uh, NCSY programming has been our Yarche Kala, which is exactly as you mentioned. Uh, it's the winter break, and we bring close to 300 public school kids to study Torah during their Christmas break. And uh, and they find it attractive, I think, almost because we've come full circle where studying text out of a book has kind of almost like a retro appeal that, it, that, that that's the almost – that's what's hip, that's what's exciting. And the kids find it so engaging to open up a book, connect with friends in person, and really find out uh, about their – about Yiddishkeit and where they're, where they're coming from. That's interesting. So just like uh, somebody may want to, you know, buy vinyl to listen to their music. Or, exactly. Or, uh, or buy a newspaper or have a newspaper article that they can keep instead yeah. of, you know, what they're printing out online. Or wear your great-grandfather's glasses frames. I yeah. mean, it, all of these, are, are I think, are, are connected. Interesting. So they get together, which is something that, again – normally does not happen. If they are engaged in any type of Torah study, it's likely over the computer or telephone. So they're getting together with, you know, with this whole feeling of, uh, of educational camaraderie, so to speak. And then, on, yes. and then on top of that, as you say, it's directly from the source. They are not reading it off their phone. They're not printing it and, uh, and you know, glancing at it that way. Actually, more, it, it's, it's, not, it's not just discussion-based, meaning a lot of times teens will get together and discuss, which your, your listeners can't see, but I'm, I'm doing air quotes there, right. and just kind of discuss and have a schmooze. What Yarche Kala is, is recreating a yeshiva or seminary experience for public school teens. Every public school teen gets a text. Uh, in previous years, we've done Safer Yona, we've done McGill's Esther, we've done Stories in Bereshis. This year, we're doing Tehillim, and the public school kids get a Safer Tehillim. Uh, and are really reading it inside and and learning how these how these ideas really come alive and are relevant uh, to each and every person it's, in the room. It's funny when we go through our regular annals of you know Jewish education for our children, we don't usually think of Tehillim being an important subject or one that would I shouldn't say important, but one that would be you know at the forefront in terms of Torah study. Exactly, Tehillim. It's funny. Tehillim caught a lot of people at NCSY off guard. It used to be Yarche Kala was strictly Chumash, yeah. and I actually experimented. We started with McGill's Esther last year. We did Yona, and I wanted to do Tehillim because Tehillim sits at the nexus between Torah and Tefillah, and the Tehillim experience is an experience of Talmud Torah. It's part of Tanakh. Um, it's Divrei uh, Neviim, like anything else, like Shmuel, like uh, like anything else in Nach. But at the same time, it's really words of tefillah, and I think that integration of Torah and tefillah together is going to be a really unique experience to, to sit down and learn. Rabbi David Beshevkin is with us. This still uh, takes place in Connecticut? 
Yep, Stanford, Stanford Hilton. And um, it, I, I mean, obviously, nobody's trying to promote conflict, God forbid. But we know that uh, you know, kids, kids, many of them, because they're public school youth and they're from a different environment uh, than what we we would be used to in the yeshiva, or what our, our parents would be used to in the yeshiva uh, high school system. Uh, they're making decisions that the rest of their family may not find either attractive or may not understand. Do you have to intervene or do others have to intervene sometimes to smooth things along? Um, NCSY, I think, has shifted. Um, you know, I can't really speak about what it was like 10, 20 years ago. What I know now is that we look at parents as partners in the growth process for every teen and that parents aren't adversaries. They're not the antagonist and the NCSY is the protagonist in any story. Uh, but it's a partnership of growth, and we make sure that the steps that the teens are taking are really uh, healthy, comfortable, and appropriate in the context of their families and communities. And if it may go beyond what their parents expect or desire, then you try to work it out in a peaceful manner. Oh, peaceful is, is the, that's the floor. The ceiling, uh, that's not what we aim for. We aim for not just peaceful, but in a way that the parents are inspired and proud of the growth uh, that their teens had. And I think that's really the model that we're looking for. But it goes without saying, we're certainly machlokas uh, or divisiveness in families. Uh, we wouldn't run faster away from anything else like that. Would I be surprised that which states are represented at the Archekala? There are many from outside this area, right? Oh, yeah. So Yarche Kala is coming. You know, we have a huge contingent from Canada, but I think the, the farthest contingents are coming from Portland, Oregon, which is really all the way in the corner of the West Coast. Uh, we have a huge contingent coming from uh, from the great state of Texas. Uh, we have a kid coming from, from Denver. It really is the... Uh, the, the plane of the entire United States will be represented. I'm, will be represented. With this type of interest, was there ever a consideration to do one of these Yarche Kalas in a different area of the country? Absolutely. I mean, I'll, I'll be honest. Uh, in my heart of hearts, I would love to have Yarche Kala in Israel. And if, uh, if if we could if we could get the money together and then ship all the kids to Israel for a for for, an, for a real yeshiva seminary experience, that would be uh, the perfect world. Uh, we do it where we have it because uh, the relations with the hotel and it's really it's not in the middle of America, but it's closest to where most of the teens are. But there have been considerations and, and ideas tossed around, maybe having it someplace in the U.S. But the ideal place, if we're not having it in Stanford, would be in Eretz Yisrael. And, they, and they spend the Shabbos together or not? They do spend Shabbos together. In the past, uh, we have gone Shabbos and, and spent it in the Tina community, which was a really lovely, really amazing experience. The last two years, we've continued the learning and the, the, the Yarche Kala community in the hotel straight through Shabbos. <laughs> you actually invite... Uh... Uh, different leaders in the community to, to come see what's going on, right? Absolutely. We love finding communal partners who are looking for, you know, Torah opportunities themselves and to see the great work that NCSY does. We're always looking for people to participate. Yarche Kala, just one example of what's happening education-wise when it comes to NCSY. It would seem that, again, with all the different varieties of uh, programs that you have, that this is one of the most intensive when it comes to real Torah study. Oh, absolutely. I mean, Yarche Kala is is recreating the the yeshiva experience so it's it's just a different level it's not a, a lot of our programming is is really at its core uh, social and making the kids you know kind of jewish pride jewish identity which is just as necessary but a lot broader and this is really taking it a step further and emphasizing torah learning I wonder if there are any people yet out there cuz i don't know how many years you've been doing this the archekala i wonder if there are any alumni of the archekala who've already taken positions in jewish leadership oh for sure to, uh, 
too 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 many to count. I mean, so many of our NCSY staff are uh, are products of the Yarchekala experience. I mean, the one name that jumps to mind who went on a Yarchekala when he was a teenager is uh, our national director, Rabbi Micha Greenland, who was uh, NCSY president when he was a teenager and was a participant on Yarchekala. So, Yarchekala is a good career move if uh, <laughs> if you're looking for one. When we speak to him later, I can mention that it's the OU Jewish Reaction Program. You're listening to the Nachum Siegel Network. Follow us on social media on the, on Facebook. Uh, the Facebook update page is called Nachum Siegel Network. On Twitter at Nachum Siegel Net. Right, David Bashevkin is with us, Director of Education at NCSY. You mentioned to me before we started about a website that would be uh, intriguing to people who are tuned in right now, uh, having to do with NCSY and education. What can you tell us? Uh, so a lot of what we do in the national office, working there on 11 Broadway, uh, is, is you know we run programming for teens, but we also do quite a bit of programming for other educators and other staff members throughout the country, both in NCSY and Adam. We've put a lot of resources in a website, uh, which is education.ncsy.org, which has really the full array of NCSY educational materials, starting from the type of programs we run at a JSU club to the programming that an educator might want to run um, at a Yarche Kala type experience. We put it all online because the the culture and the values of NCSY, you know, we have our organization, but we always look to partner and help other educators and staff members throughout the country, even outside of NCSY. So that's ed, uh, education.ncsy.org. You have a lot of different uh, departments here. I shouldn't say departments. You have a lot of, a lot of different offerings in terms of uh... Uh, what people could read, different questions they could have answered, et cetera, et cetera, which is nice. Um, the, I can ask I this to by Greenland later uh, as well, um, but maybe I'll get your take on it. Um, does educational programming have to change constantly? We know how uh, you know the attention span is not like it used to be, the collective attention span in this country and the world, and that uh, uh, kids expect a certain level of, uh, I don't know, technology and other things. Um, it, it, is it moving at a much quicker pace and educational programs that, uh, you know, are effective for a while die out, you know, relatively quickly? So uh, maybe by analogy for the homeowners who are listening, I think when it comes to education, I think the exterior of the home, the entranceway, uh, maybe what the the pavement on the driveway and the steps leading up to the house are are changing quite frequently. Uh, but the interior of the home, what that feeling is educationally when they're when they are engaged, the type of text that they are engaging with uh, is actually quite uh, stable and something that if you change that too quickly, it will actually turn off kids you know we're so used to change as and as a sign of innovation and a sign of attracting people probably from from what we know from apple computers but need i remind people that uh coca-cola tried changing their formula and it did not work and i look at ncsy's exterior as kind of the apple think different it's got to change every moment but the interior the torah is really uh the classic coke the formula that that's been working for for centuries for for thousands of years. Yeah, I understand that, but I, I sometimes wonder because you know the kid. I mean, the, you know, you, you speak to thirteen and fourteen year olds uh, today. They they've grown up in an environment in a world that is you know completely different than any of us did. And for many of them, you know, for many of them, compared to people in their twenties, they're growing up in a world that uh, you know is completely technologically uh, advanced, and where they wouldn't have a clue 
you know, about a lot of things that we're, we're even talking about. So I wonder if that plays a role or plays a... Uh... Sure. No, it, it plays a role, again, in, in, that, in that entryway. But I think when it comes to identity formation, the core values that teens and young adults want, even with the advent of technology and social media, and it's not just teens, I'm a, I'm a phone addict, I love social media, I love all that stuff. Uh, but what really uh, excites teens is feeling a sense of purpose and community and belongingness uh, to the greater Jewish people to who they are, and that that had, does not change as rapidly as, as one may may think or one may may see from a distance. When you're up close, the teens are are yearning and really want the same things uh, that we were looking for growing up. The packaging has changed dramatically, uh, but what's inside, I think, is fairly consistent. Huh. Interesting. So, with so many different offerings, they still like the authentic Judaism, don't they? I think so. I think so. I mean, it's it's uh, it, it, it's been working, and you see, in, even in other movements that have that have changed more rapidly, a lot of them are turning back the clock. You know, for a little TBT Throwback Thursday situation, where they are now emphasizing a lot more of the traditional components of Judaism, because people come to religion not because it's the most innovative place in the world. It's for the sense of authenticity, belongingness, um, and sincerity that they that they feel. Uh, religion should not feel a shul should not necessarily feel like a, like an iPhone store. Uh, it should not necessarily feel like uh, the most innovative place in the world. It should feel like the most authentic, sincere, and welcoming place in the world. All right, David Bashevkin. All right, a couple of more things before I let you go. You ready? For sure. Were you really considering writing a safer called Averus Kehilchasa? Not only was I considering, I wrote it. You I did. wrote a safer. It is not called Averis Kills. I probably would have sold a few more copies. <laughs> I appreciate you asking. There are so many other Sfarim. We have Shmir Shabbos Kehilchasa. I wrote a safer called Barogiz Rachim Tizkar, which is a collection of uh, Shiurim I gave at the Younger Zell Lauren Cedarhurst about uh, different aspects of sin and failure and, um, and I, 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 I published it uh, earlier this year. I wrote about it online, but uh, yeah, I probably would have done it better better in the in the newsstands if I called it Averis Kehilchasa. <laughs> and also, and also, what did you think of the amazing gesture and activity by NCS Wires earlier in 2015, uh, in honor of NCSY's 60th anniversary and a memory of the three t- Israeli teenagers who were kidnapped and murdered by Arab terrorists? NCS Wires actually studied Kol Kulo. Am I right? They did the entire thing. Yeah, we made the CM last year at Yarche Kala. We were addressed uh, by Rev. Mayor Torsky, uh, who, whose family had just suffered a tragedy of their own, and it was an incredible, incredible experience and a really moving way that the way NCSY commemorates uh, the people who we have lost through terror in Eretz has been through the consistency and perpetuating their memory through Torah, which is something uh, that I think was really special and inspiring for everyone who was there. And that can only really be done with a with a really organized, if you're going to do it on a large scale like this, it's got to be a really big organized effort, and obviously that's one big advantage of uh, having you guys run it. Oh, absolutely. Having teens throughout the country, from no matter what their background is, kind of aligned for the same purpose of perpetuating the Jewish people and their Torah, nothing could be better. All right, David Bashevkin, Director of Education, LUNCSY. Can't thank you enough. Thank you so much for joining me today. Such a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. More coming up on the OU Jewish Reaction Program. All right, Micha Greenland, International Director of NCSY, is going to join us and plenty more. Keep it right here at the Nahum Siegel Network.
Uh, there he is. It's Ohad Madua off of the Segula CD here at the uh, Nahum Siegel Network. You're listening to the OU Jewish Reaction Program. I want to thank uh, Rabbi David Vashevkin. He joined us, Director of Education at the OUNCSY. And Rabbi Micha Greenland is with us via telephone. He's International Director of NCSY and joins us for a look at uh, a most remarkable and incredible organization. Rabbi Micha Greenland, welcome back to the Nahum Siegel Network. Thank you, Nachum. Pleasure to be here. We spoke with Rabbi Shevkin about uh, what's happening December the 23rd. It's a Yarche Kala that I believe is like none other. I mean, <laughs> I emphasized more than once during the conversation how it's very hard to believe that public school youth from around the country would spend their one week uh, of vacation doing what the Yarche Kala does, which is delve into uh, you know the, the holy book, so to speak. Uh, how about a comment from you about the fact that hundreds are going to be doing it uh, toward the end of this year during that one week that they're off? It really is incredible and uh, and, and inspirational um, to see it's a, it's a a special um, special something that each Jewish teen who's going to be participating um, must have inside of them that um, that they are so motivated and so driven that an opportunity to uh, to vacation elsewhere or an opportunity to do uh, um, to do to do something uh, certainly more mundane with their friends. Instead, they're they're taking the 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 week of of winter vacation to uh, to, to delve into Torah. And well, really, I, I consider it a mini yeshiva experience. That for many of these teens, they they no other point in their in their education. They may have been to Hebrew school or they may have been to NCSY programming, um, but they where they've learned some Torah, but they've never been to an opportunity where they can they can really sink their teeth into uh, a Chabura and a Shir and and uh, and and, and uh, textual learning in such a way that it, it, it really comes to life. So it's it's a fantastic group of kids and uh, and really a remarkable um, So so would it be a good idea then and I, I believe I'm not mistaken. You're a you're an alum of the Archicala, right? Am I right uh, or wrong? That's correct. That's correct. Okay, that's correct. So, am I right or wrong that those of us who have the opportunity to sit through yeshiva on a daily basis need to be more appreciative? Um, well, unquestionably, you're right. Um, <laughs> and and uh, and and it's it's not often that I look back on my. Um, my years attending Archikala as a high school kid myself, but um, but there's no question. Thank God I had the opportunity to move on to Skokie Yeshiva following wow. um, following my my attending Archikala as a public school kid from from Rochester, New York, and and it was um, it it it, uh, it certainly I, I think I, I I grabbed hold of as many opportunities as I could, but there's no question that um, that even on a day to day basis now opportunities. Um, to to have chavrusas and to um, and to uh, attend um, shiurim or participate in, in in organized formal learning, all of which um, we all, so many of your listeners, have have such opportunities on a regular basis. 
um, we, we we certainly I think take them too much for granted, um, and it, it's 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 great to be able to to witness these public school kids at, at Iarche College, just seeing how much they are sacrificing. They, many of them um, saving saving their babysitting dollars or their uh, or their their uh, lawn mowing dollars to be able to to just pay their way to travel cross country to be able to to be at the Archikala. Um, if they're able to be Moser and Efesh to sacrifice for their Torah learning um, when when um, when when they have so so many reasons that that it, it's difficult, then so much more so for us that where where it's it's easy and it's it's right at our doorstep in many instances. Uh, we should we should be so appreciative. Yeah, right. Micha Greenland is with us. I hope you don't mind me mentioning this, but I, I would have to assume that be, because of your background, which is so remarkable, as you just said, public school to Skokie, it, it must be such a tremendous advantage um, in your position as international director of NCSY. You 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 can relate to a subset of Jewish kids in this country and beyond that many of us cannot. Um, I certainly like to think so, um, and I, I, I certainly believe that NCSY is is uh, is on the cutting edge of Jewish inspiration for teens, be they from from day school backgrounds and be they from public school backgrounds, and and, uh, um, and I, I don't um, I don't think there are there are too many who who had the uh, I'll call it the good fortune of having. Um, been in both environments and uh, and really understanding um, all the strengths that yeshiva education has to offer, all the challenges, as you you alluded to earlier, that that it can become more uh, rote or mundane, and yeah. and we have to uh, we have to infuse it with that. I mean, that freshness. I mean, am I being too dramatic that when you were sitting in high school, you were you were saying to yourself and directing it at your classmates, you guys don't realize what you have, like that type of thing, or it, it never got that dramatic. Um, I, I, I think I probably would have uh, in, invited uh, some kind of bullying uh, response <laughs> had I had, a, had I gone that direction. Um, but there, there's no question that that when um, when when uh, you grow up with it, um, there there's uh, uh, there is a certain kind of uh, laissez-faire uh, feeling that that uh, that can accompany that right. and. Uh, uh, as it happens, I had another classmate who was a transfer from from a school with less. Uh, it was also a Jewish school, but less less uh, intensive um, opportunities. And um, and and uh, he also, I, I felt like was 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 a little bit a little bit more motivated, just right. a little bit more fuel in that engine because uh, because it, it wasn't it wasn't an opportunity that that was just taken for granted, but something right. that that he had to fight for. And, um, and and I think there is there is that kind of positive chip on the shoulder that that many of these NCSY kids have that they they they're uh, they're 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 clawing um, for for every opportunity that they that they can uh, grab hold of. Um, whereas um, you know my own children, Baruch Hashem, have the opportunity to to grow up with it, and and uh, there is more of a a tendency to take it to take things for granted. Yeah, there are people who, uh, even at that age, there are people who take who make the most out of an opportunity, and that's who stand out. So, like you just described, maybe a little bit more fire to you know when, when people realize even at a young age have been given an opportunity, uh, they go ahead and they run with it and try to accomplish whatever they can. Our exactly. right, Micha Greenland is with us. So your website says 1,355 events in 181 cities this month. Which city would catch me most by surprise? <laughs> Um, uh, Eugene, Oregon. Um, you may not realize that uh, that, that we have uh, things going on in um, 
And we, things going on could mean Shabbatonim and, and regular weekly activities? Um, right. In fact, in, in Eugene, it's, it's actually regular activities, which is, which is uh, you know, remarkable, considering that's where, that's where uh, University of Oregon is. Right. And there's some uh, um, great uh, campus work being done with the students at, at Oregon. Um, and it's really a one-two one, punch in Eugene, where the, uh, it's Rabbi Malul um, and Mrs. Malul, and Rabbi Malul um, works, on, uh, works on campus with the, with the college students. Um, and his wife, who's, who's uh, tremendously talented, um, works with the high school kids, who are many, in many cases, children of professors who teach there, or, or somehow other, other, somehow else associated with, uh, with the university. Um, yeah, a, a, a lot of, uh, a lot of, a lot of small towns that would, I think, uh, um, get people's attention because uh, really, there's NCSY in, uh, in South Bend, Indiana, or in. Uh, uh, Mequon, Wisconsin, or or you know thing, things that places that wouldn't necessarily occur to people, um, but I, I, I think each one of those cities is critically important, and it's not it's, it may sound cliche to say so, but yeah. um, but we 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 are particularly focused on on uh, bringing bringing inspirational programming to where the Jews are, and uh, for the most part, the Jews are in the big cities, and so most of those. Uh, um, 1,355 events um, are going to be in places like uh, New York, Miami, Chicago, Toronto, L.A., um, and, uh, and that's for good reason. Um, as much as um, as much as we, we we we're definitely proud of the uh, um, of the of the smaller towns that that uh, that get our attention as well. And the uh, traditional Shabbaton still remains the bulk of those events, or not necessarily so. Um, it, it really re- remains the this, I think the centerpiece of what we're driving towards, um, but but there's just so much else going on that that uh, um, that, that we really um, are trying to focus the participation of teens in a way that engages them um, and leads them on a journey that they can explore on their own. And, and, and what besides Shabbos? Well, this may sound like a ridiculous question. Is there anything besides Shabbos and Torah study that could do that? Um, well, Shabbos and Torah study are definitely the, the cornerstones, but Torah study can take many shapes um, and, uh, and many flavors. So uh, latte and learning, which, which uh, has become now a, a, uh, um, a, a hallmark among NCSY programs, which is just uh, weeknight meetings in a, in a coffee shop where kids get to um, connect with each other and, and uh, with some, some Torah message um, or Jewish student union clubs, JSU clubs, meeting after school in public high schools, um, where where uh, the Torah is, is that's presented in those environments um, may be more in bite-sized pieces and may may be more in in ways that that uh, that might resemble Hebrew school projects, building a menorah for Hanukkah, um, or, um, or or engaging in some um, social action exercise to to determine the. The uh, the way communal sedaka dollars should be spent, or things like that, um, but each of those can can take a a a, 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 a piece of Torah from the parsha or from from a Rambam and sedaka and and uh, and bring it to life in a meaningful way. Is it so. possible to find enough staff around this country to to do what you just described to make a commitment that in each one of these places? Uh, in every one of those cities and neighborhoods, et cetera, there's there's somebody qualified enough to to lead a program like that. So I'm glad you asked. I really think it's 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 our decidedly our biggest challenge. 
Um, I, I think um, um, you know any Jewish organizational director would tell you that money is their biggest challenge, and I, I think it's money is certainly right up there. Um, we we need to pay those staff people, um, but seeking them out and uh, and grooming them from among our advisor staff even is. Um, is, is priority one in, in NCSY. And that's, uh, it's why we, we uh, a year ago, hired uh, Rabbi Ari Rakoff to head our, our division of leadership development, um, who is establishing programs and initiatives to, uh, to, to attract high-caliber talent to NCSY, um, and, and in many cases, take the talented volunteers that we already have. There are so many um, yeshiva and college students who are volunteering in NCSY while they're 20, 21, 22, um, and, and uh, providing them meaningful opportunities where they can really grow, develop, and contemplate uh, a career or even a Peace Corps type, you know, give NCSY five years and, <laughs> and you, will be, uh, um, you will be better for it and the community will be better for it. Rabbi Micha Greenland's with us, International Director of NCSY. We say international at some point. Um, this went beyond North America, right? And I'm wondering how that effort has gone. Have you been able to touch lives in other countries aside from this area? Um, very much so. Um, and I, I think that uh, there's so much to do in North America that, that uh, I, I end up, I end up um, you know, ta- talking mostly about that uh, in virtually every conversation that I have. But, um, but the, the efforts, particularly in South America, um, are uh, are very exciting. Uh, where we have we have uh, um, a, a director in in Buenos Aires who runs NCSY Argentina named uh, Martin Leibovich, um, and a director in in Santiago, Chile, Michael Bengio, um, who are terrific guys who learned NCSY programming here stateside in North America. They saw how the Shabbatonim worked. They saw how advisor staffs um, could be utilized. Um, and, uh, and, and then utilizing local Jewish educators as, uh, as kind of backup team um, are doing really incredible work in, in Chile uh, and in Argentina. So and, it works uh, in any language, huh? It, 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 really, it really does. Would I recognize the Shabbaton if I haven't been there in 20, 25 years? Um, I think you would you would you would be struck at how familiar uh, it would feel. Interesting. That, that uh, you know, yeah, the kids the kids uh, the kids may be dressed differently um, because those styles change, and they're certainly on their phones a lot more. <laughs> um, but the 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 bread and butter of the Shabbaton is is providing meaningful relationships with relatable role models in a way that's fun and and uh, and inspirational. And um, and all of that is still the same Shabbaton that that I grew up with, or the same Shabbaton that uh, um, that you attended all those years ago. This is not an effort to uh, find out who will be Region of the Year. It's probably too early for that. But I am curious in, in terms of your recent trips. I mean, have you had unique? I asked you about unique experiences in different cities, and you mentioned some of the small ones that have you know that now thank God have a staff and are able to progress in terms of their program. What about regions? What about one that would that you have visited recently where uh, you, know, you were amazed at its growth? Um, I think one of the most exciting, and really it, it's, it's hard to choose, and, and probably my, uh, my colleagues, the regional directors, will be uh, disappointed. Course. You could have said me. But, uh, but in southwest in Texas, um, we, we uh, we're very proud of what's, uh, what's been happening there recently. Who leads um, that group? 
Uh, so it's Rabbi Gershi Mizell is, uh, is our brand new regional director based in Houston. Um, for many years, it was Rabbi Israel Lashak, who's uh, an incredible Jewish educator um, and is based in Dallas. And, and uh, for many years, um, NCSY in Texas really meant not much beyond, beyond Dallas. And Rabbi Lashak did a great job there in Dallas. Uh, but we, we know that the, the uh, Jewish population in, in Houston um, and Dallas, the economy in Texas is, has, uh, has grown considerably the past uh, decade. And there are uh, Jewish communities now in Dallas and Houston um, that are now about 70,000 Jews in each community. Wow. And, um, and, and uh, for us, it was really a travesty that we weren't doing a whole lot in Houston. Um, and, um, and, and I think more that we could be doing in Dallas as well. So we, we, uh, we hired Rabbi Gershi Mizell. Um, or I should say rehired. He worked in, in NCSY in St. Louis several years ago before joining the YU Kolel in Chicago. Um, he was in the YU Kolel in Chicago for two years and, uh, um, and really had his, had his uh, um, ample opportunities to, to rejoin Jewish communal work um, in a leadership capacity um, after, after uh, completing his time in the Kolel. Um, and we're thrilled with, with the opportunity to have him on staff leading Southwest Region NCSY. And he has, he has really taken Houston by storm. Um, and and uh, the outreach happening um, in partnership with local schools um, to, to public school students um, and, uh, and, and in partnership with B'nai Akiva, with the, with the local uh, day school students, um, is really is really remarkable and 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 worth uh, worth mentioning. Uh, Rabbi Micha Greenland, the international director of NCSY, are, are you in a different city every Shabbos, or not necessarily so? I, I really try to travel more during the week, actually, and and uh, be home for Shabbos. Um, it's it's uh, it's one of the one of the kindnesses that I hope to do my kids. Um, <laughs> that that uh, but they that, have that enjoyed Shabbatones, I assume. Uh, no, they certainly. I was regional director in Chicago for 12 years, wow. and uh, and and so they really uh, grew up in Shabbatones and and uh, um, and love it. My daughter is is going to be joining me at uh, at Yarchikala next Shabbos, right. um, and um, and and we we definitely uh, we definitely make the rounds. But um, but I, I I try to do more of my travel during the week so that so that I can uh, remember what. Uh, what a Devar Torah on the Parsha coming from one of my kids' mouths uh, can sound like. <laughs> hey, can I tell you my favorite Rochester story before I let you go? Uh, for sure. We pull up to, what is it, Silver Stadium? What's it called? Is it Silver Stadium? Sure. St- we pull up to Silver Stadium, and I say to my kids, you're not going to see a yarmulke for miles. We get to the ticket line. Of course, a Frum family standing there waiting for tickets. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. Those Rochester Red Wings are the uh, are the AAA team of my youth. That's correct. Fantastic. And I don't know who they're associated with now, but I know they are a big favorite up there in upstate New York. <laughs> uh, no question. <laughs> Rabbi Micha Greenland, what a delight to speak with you. A, a big, big, I'm going to say Mazel Tov on the Arche Kala and continued success with all the work you're doing. It's really incredible what NCSY has become and how they continue to go so strong. So congratulations and thanks for joining me. Amen. Thank you, Nachum. I appreciate it. Rabbi Micha Greenland, International Director, NCSY. A lot of special things happening, as you've heard. You're listening to the OU Jewish Reaction Program, and this is the Nachum Siegel Network.
listening to the OU Jewish Reaction Program here at the Nahum Siegel Network. I want to thank uh, our guests, both are by David Beshevkin, Director of Education, or Amicha Greenland, International Director, NCSY. Uh, don't forget, you can follow us on uh, Facebook at Nahum Siegel Network, on Twitter at Nahum Siegel Net, on Instagram, simply Nahum Siegel Network. And to make sure to be tuned in all through our programming for uh, uh, fantastic music and uh, wonderful content at all times, at NahumSiegel.com, and of course, on the NSN app. You'll be glad you did. I thank you for listening to the uh, OU Jewish Reaction Program every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time right here at the Nahum Siegel Network. I want to thank Avi Miller, who closed out our musical portion of our program from his brand new double CD here at the Malcolm Siegel Network.